You are listening to Absent Minded, brought to you by HabsEyesOnThePrize.com. Hello and welcome to Bottom Six Minutes. Uh, I am not Matt Drake. Uh, this is Jared Book filling in for for Matt, who is uh, uh, unavailable for uh, tonight's game. He'll be back uh, for for the next game, and uh, we'll be talking about the the Canadians' four nothing loss uh, to the Los Angeles Kings on Thursday night. And uh, before we do that, uh, the holiday season is off and rolling with NFL in full stride and the NBA and NHL hitting mid-season form. Bet Online is your number one destination for all your sports wagering info. With up-to-the-minute sports wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions, Bet Online is a top spot for everything pro and amateur sports. And it's not just the big four. Bet Online has info available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time for almost any sport that is played, from MMA to international soccer. Head to Bet Online today and remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. And where the game started for for the Montreal Canadiens was was pretty well on on Thursday they 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 had a, a really good start they had a really good first two periods really uh you know the, the third period was a little bit worse than the rest of the game but sometimes you just get beat by a better team and the Montreal Canadiens didn't play badly. They had a good effort. But the LA Kings are just a better team. And they won. And, and, and sometimes it's just as simple as that. It, it's, you know, you can look at little things in the game. You know, if Matt was, was doing this podcast, uh, he'd probably have a, a significant rant about the official getting in the way. Uh, of of the Canadians player on the the fourth LA goal, and you know you can pinpoint the penalty killing, you can pinpoint little things here and there, but in the end, they just got beat by a better team. That that's just that's just where the Canadians are right now, and and RDS. Uh, for those who who didn't watch the the French broadcast of the game or who who didn't watch the the broadcast at all, they had a, a graphic about you know since mid November how the Canadians uh, have been doing against certain teams and the teams that were under five hundred, you know the Anaheim, the San Jose, the the teams that have been struggling this season. The Canadians have won all of those games. And against the Bruins and the Kings and the really good teams, the Canadians have not been doing so good. 
uh, since the, since the middle of November, and that's that's just the reality of the situation. Uh, this is a team that for for a lot of the time, uh, especially in the the second part of the the season, has really played down to their opponents at times. Uh, sometimes they played up to the opponents. You know, they they've played some solid games against Vegas and Boston. They've also played some better, some bad games against Vegas and Boston. But the recently, we've been seeing a, a Canadians team that's been putting more consistent efforts in beating the teams they should be beating, and and losing to the teams. Let's let's face it, they should be losing to. It's not ideal, but that's that's what a rebuilding team is. And, and I think that it's important to point that out, uh, especially on a game like Thursday. They didn't play badly. The, the effort was there. It, it wasn't a game that made you overly concerned. It wasn't a game that made you overly angry. It was just a game where the other team was just better. And there's going to be games like that. And I think that, you know, if you compare this game to the game in L.A., they both ended the same score, 4 nothing. completely different games. The Canadians were much better on Thursday than they were in L.A. Same result, better effort, better performance. And and I think that's that's what you want to see. You want to see better performances we know this team is not very good we know this is not a playoff team so even when they put good performances up they're gonna lose more often than not but you want to see those good performances up you don't want to see this team just roll over and and increasingly you've been seeing better performances and and they just get beat by better teams that's it happens but you know, all in all, encouraging the, the first two periods. You know, if you look at the, you know, the the statistics, they they were right on the Kings. It was pretty even uh, in scoring chances and high danger chances and in shot attempts. The score was three nothing after two periods, and in the third period, they just they just ran up the steam. The the, the Kings really put up. Uh, a much better third period. They really run up the the totals, and it's it's gonna happen. You know, the that's that's why the Kings have have not lost a, a road game all season. They're just relentless, and they're not the most talented team on paper, but they are just so solid fundamentally. They are so well coached. They have great system. They just. It's a mix of a system and a roster that just fits. And they have a lot of good depth. They have, you know, even before the emergence of Quentin Byfield, they they had some, some you know, three really, really good lines. They're a team that, that's going to be really tough in that Western Conference. And a Western Conference where there's no real team that's emerging, you have to look at the Kings. They, they've They've been really good. 
and they showed why uh, at the Bell Center on on Thursday night. And um, a positive note for the Canadians, and and there were there were you know a few, but Uri Slavkovsky is looking really good. Again, no points to show for it. Again, the Canadians didn't score a goal, so it's pretty hard to get points. But he just looks at home on that top line. He looks like he's ready for the opportunity, and I don't think he's going to give it up. He he makes that line better. He makes this team better, and he's really playing at his best. He set up Nick Suzuki on a great chance. Uh, Suzuki hit the post. Just really, you know, the first shift of the game, he, he draws a penalty in the offensive zone. Just really like what you're seeing from Uri Slavkovsky. Yes, you would like to see more production. But production follows strong play. You know, would it be much would would it would it be would it be better if Uri Slavkovsky was piling up points but not really showing what he can do, not really dominating, not you know, just kind of falling into points? No. The people who don't watch the games would be happier of his statistics. They'd be happier for happier of his production. But I think long term, what you're seeing from him is more important. The look, points come from two things. It come they come from strong play, strong opportunity. And, and Uri Slavkovsky is getting that opportunity, and he's performing well. It's just a matter of time before the points start piling up. Uh, I really do think so. And, and you know, you have to remember, he's still only 19 years old. There's a lot of time here. There's a lot of runway. But, you know, you'd rather see the Uri Slavkovsky play well than, than him not playing well. And, and I think that's what you're seeing now. And that's that's a big positive for the Canadians, you know, especially when they're missing Alex Newhook. They're missing Kirby Dock. You want to see somebody else step up. And, you know, it'd be nice if anybody stepped up, but it's especially nice when it's, uh, you know, your first overall pick that you're counting on to, to really improve. So that that's that's a positive. Uh, I don't think that, you know, the first line played against the the Drew Doughty pairing and played against Philip Deneau. And, and they... They treaded water, and that's that's a pretty good sign. Uh, we we know how good Philip Deneau is. Drew Doughty, you know, he's not necessarily the player he was, but he is really having a, a, a you know a really good season. He scored a really nice goal, got some chances for the Kings. Uh, kind of a, a little bit of a, a resurgence for him, and and a big reason why the Kings are are playing so well right now as well. And, and that line went at them and, and performed really well. And, and I think, you know, that's... I said it with, with Matt uh, on a episode of Absent Minded earlier in the season. Uh, the answer... It, it's very convenient for the Canadians that the answer to who is the best fit between ne- next to Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki and how do you get your Slavkovsky going happens to be the same <laughs> the same answer and and you know he, he's not riding their coattails he's he's a driver on that line he is he is really making things happen and I think that's that's a really solid thing 
for the Canadians going forward, and you want to see more of that as well. I'm going to take a quick break here um, and uh, come back with final thoughts on, on the Canadians game with the Kings on, on Thursday night. It, it wouldn't be a, a, a episode of Bottom Six Minutes hosted by by me if, if I didn't mention Carolyn Ouellette uh, and women's hockey, uh, when the Canadians provide me with a with a, an actual opportunity to do so, it's not me just talking about it for the sake of talking about it. There's, it, it's timely, uh, and uh, Carolyn Willette was honored for her uh, induction into the Hockey Hall of Fame before Thursday's game, and just a fabulous player representative of Montreal women's hockey or Montreal hockey period and just one of the absolute best people on the face of this earth Um, just somebody who is every bit of what you want as uh, a role model for a lot of of young women hockey players and even young young male hockey players in Quebec, in Montreal, in Canada. I I played a a game uh, a few years ago where you can pretty much connect. She she's like the Kevin Bacon of of women's hockey, where you can connect pretty much to any two players, uh, and more often than not. Uh, connect them through Carolyn Ouellette. Uh, she has played with pretty much every, played with or played with somebody who has played with every single member of the Canadian National Women's Team. Uh, she has coached players who will uh, play professional hockey this year in, in the, the PWHL uh, that will... Uh, that will continue to develop. She, she's at Concordia University now. Obviously, a lot of players from that team will end up playing professionally and with the national team. She just has her her fingerprints all over women's hockey history in, in Montreal. And and just, you know, the, the fact that in her speech, you know, she mentioned that, you know, she always grew up wanting to play for the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, she ended up having a chance to play at the Bell Center with Le Canadien. And it, it's it's fitting that the week of her induction back in, in November was the same week that PWHL training camps opened. And, and it really allowed for an opportunity for players like Marie-Philippe Poulain to look back and look forward. I mean, Marie for the plan was, uh, you know, sixteen year old uh, who came to Montreal, was you know, played with the Montreal Stars at the time before going to Dawson College, before going to Boston University, and and Carolyn Ouellette was a, a huge part of those teams, uh, and you know, she was someone that Mary Philip looked up to, and now. You know, Marie Philippe herself is is an absolute icon in this game, in this sport, and and you know, working with the Montreal Canadiens prospects and someone like Joshua Roy, who comes from the same 
area as her, looks up to her and, and gets to work with her um, through, the, through the Canadians in development camp. And, and there's her, her fingerprints, even though she has stayed in women's hockey, there's a lot of people saying, you know, why doesn't she go coach with the Canadians or work for the Canadians? And her, her heart is in women's hockey. Uh, she wants to make a career for herself and grow women's hockey from within it. And, you know, some people go to, uh, to men's hockey to do that. And that's, that's a, a path as well, but she is committed to growing grassroots hockey in Quebec, in Montreal. And, uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention, uh, give her a mention, uh, when talking about Thursday night's game because she was, she was a part of it, um, in, in the, uh, the pregame and, uh, got a standing ovation from the Bell Center crowd and, um, and deservedly so. Um, and, and I think that that's, uh, that, that was great to see as well. Uh, back, back to the game. I mean, <laughs> like I said, final thoughts, it was exactly, you know, it was just a good team beating a team that wasn't as good. And, you know, the, the the Kings capitalized on their chances. The Canadians did not capitalize on theirs. And it turned what was an even game into a 3 nothing game after two periods. You know, if, if this team was fighting for the playoffs, it would be a lot more frustrating of a loss. Uh, a lot of you might be frustrated anyway. But, you know, sometimes you just run into a better team. And and it's not, it's not you know, might not be the 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 best the the most drastic take to say that uh, might not be you know sexy or uh, you know but that's just that's just the reality of how I saw it you know sometimes you just get beat by a better team and that's what the Canadians had happened to them on on Thursday night they'll be back at it on Saturday when they will play the Buffalo Sabres in Buffalo. The first of uh, back-to-back games, they play a rare Saturday-Sunday back-to-back in Buffalo on Saturday, and then back home at the Bell Center against Nashville on Sunday. Look, if they put that effort that they did on Thursday on Saturday against Buffalo, they will win that game. As we've seen with this Canadians team, that's a question of whether they will be doing it. Um, Matt will be back for that one. Uh, thank you for listening to to the bottom six minutes. This has been brought to you by Bet Online, and uh, we'll see you next time on uh, Eyes on the Prize and the, the Bottom Six Minutes.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.